Have you ever been wondering what on earth is happening? Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell reveals how you can be prepared for the last days. The Bible says we need so much the more as we see the day approaching. Why? There is no way that we can walk in purity if all we're doing is being out in the world. Hey, we need the cleansing of the Word of God. We need the washing of the Word of God. Why? Jesus is coming again. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be filled with a life of sin when my Savior comes again. Confidence can be hard to come by these days. People are losing their jobs, their homes, and their life savings at an unprecedented rate. Crime, violence, and natural disasters seem to be skyrocketing. Yet in the midst of all this chaos, we need a biblical understanding of what's coming next. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, Things to Come, Dr. Paul Chappell brings a message of hope and confidence from the priceless counsel of the Word of God. He answers our most important questions with wisdom and candor and points to a brighter future. And now, here's Dr. Paul Chappell with part one of a message called A Sudden Disappearance. The largest library in the world is the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. And if you've never had the opportunity to visit the Library of Congress, I think it is the most beautiful building in all of Washington, D.C. It is stunningly beautiful. And as you tour around this building, uh, you'll be able to see many things, things that I think are so important to our faith, such as a Gutenberg Bible, the first printed Bible. Amazing to see the Gutenberg Bible. You'll be able to see many other uh, ancient Bibles and religious books of all sorts. Uh, But inscribed on the wall of the reading room in the Thomas Jefferson Building, you will find some words written by the poet Tennyson from Great Britain that speak to the issue of our day. And on this particular wall in the Jefferson Room is a quote by the famous poet which says, one God, one law, one element, and one far off divine event to which the whole creation moves. One far-off divine event to which the whole of creation moves. Now, millions of Christians throughout the centuries have believed that there would come a time when world history would enter a period known as the last days, and that those days would culminate with this one far-off event often referred to as the coming of Christ or the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have seen in the past weeks that there have been various technological advances. Uh, There has been the formation of the state of Israel. There is the alignment of nations through federations such as the European Union. There is much that is happening to desensitize the human race to somehow prepare us for this one world governance, for this day that will precede the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're studying about these things to come. 
We are all, if we're not careful, being conditioned for these things to come by the world, by the Antichrist philosophy, but we're here today to be conditioned by God's word concerning the end times. And there are two very different schools of thought with respect to how this world will one day culminate. Now you think of the advances technologically. The technology is upon us, and certainly uh, we're going to see the advancement of this type of technology in the days to come, this uh, contactless alternative to cash that the world will become very excited about. We're seeing, as we said last week, a focus on Israel that is increasing every step of the way. We're seeing that the tensions are certainly rising in the Middle East, and there is always an attention there as Israel goes, uh, so goes prophecy. Now, no man can know the exact date or time of the catching away of the believers. We're going to preach about this this morning. No one can predict it. No one knows uh, exactly when each of these uh, eschatological events will uh, come to pass. But we do know that God tells us they will come to pass. And let me say, it's always unwise for anyone to try to dial it in too closely and to act as though they know exactly the day or the hour. There was a church back in 1997 known as the God's Salvation Church. That was the name of the church. And uh, the leader was a man named Chin Tao. And it was somewhat of a cultic group. Uh, They uh, actually were known as the Flying Saucer Cult because uh, one of their leaders, Hon Ming Chin, uh, decided that they should all go to Garland, Texas to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Now, they mistakenly thought Garland was Godland. And just to, due to some semantics and some misunderstandings of of, uh, punctuation, they literally thought this was Godland, and so that would be where he would land. And so they took their church down uh, to Texas, and of course, uh, they were there to meet the Lord on March the 31st, 1997. They all came to the the, uh, pastor's house, uh, uh, Mr. Chen's house. They gathered there at 10 o'clock on March the 31st, 160. 60 members, most of them Chinese, wearing cowboy hats, sitting on the roof of the pastor's house, waiting for Jesus to come in a flying saucer, no less. And when he did not come, of course, the entire religion immediately disbanded. Now, we would say that's an extremely ridiculous uh, way to talk about the coming of the Lord, and we understand that. But while there are those who misinterpret Scripture and those who have created entire denominations on the misinterpretation of Scripture, the fact is that when you just come to the Bible and approach it literally, you cannot deny the fact that God, through His Holy Spirit, given to the prophets and the apostles, has promised that His Son, Jesus, would return. Now, notice in your notes this morning, Colossians 1 and verse 4 says, Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. So we have this hope of heaven. And by the way, we ought to be thankful for that. And we have a hope 
and a promise uh, that we will spend eternity there. Now, our hope is based on what the Bible calls a more sure word of prophecy. How many of you are glad that we have a more sure word than Mr. Chin of Dallas had? Amen. Uh, We're not trusting in the leadership of a cult leader. We're trusting in the promises of God's word. Now, what does the Bible tell us about this sure word of prophecy? Notice in your notes, 2 Peter 1.19 says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. And that's what we're studying here. We're studying things to come. We're studying prophetic events. We have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn. This is a reference to the coming of the Lord and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is not man's idea. The Bible is given to us as holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so we have a holy Bible in our hands this morning. This is not man's ideas about the things to come. These are God's principles that we are studying, and they are a more sure word of prophecy. So let's keep that in mind as we preach and as we study over these weeks to come. I want you to notice specifically with me this morning the prophecy of the rapture. The prophecy of the rapture of the church. Now this prophecy is a frequent promise of the Bible. It is given to us over and over again. Dr. George Sweeting of the Moody Bible Institute once said that there were over 1,800 references to the coming of the Lord in the Old Testament, and that of the 260 chapters in the New Testament, there are more than 300 references to the coming of the Lord. Some of those would reference the rapture, which we'll study this morning. Some would reference the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the scriptures are replete with promises of the coming of the Lord, the gathering of his people, the day of the Lord. And this promise that is so frequent in scripture is a sure promise. In fact, so sure that our text this morning from Titus, Titus said we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. It's something that the church anticipated. They were looking for this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's something that was a certainty for them. Philippians 3 and 20 says, for our conversation is in heaven, meaning our lifestyle is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you begin to get the idea that the first century church was constantly expecting him to come. And by the way, we'll see in the weeks to come in this study that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And so for those that would say, well, yeah, they've been saying he's coming for a long time. On God's timetable, it has literally just been two days. It's just been a few days since he said, I will come again. And so uh, they were looking for the Savior. Hebrews 9 and 28 says it this way. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time Uh, without sin unto salvation. Now, what I want you to get the sense of this morning is the preponderance 
of biblical evidences and, and scriptural references to the fact that Jesus is coming again and to the fact that biblical Christians are looking for the coming of the Lord. It's not like we're taking one extant verse and wrestling what we want to say out of the scriptures. The promise of his coming is over and over and over and over again in the Bible. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And when the chief shepherd, this is a reference to Jesus Christ, when the chief shepherd shall, say it with me, appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The question is, church, what is the modern church going to do with the Bible? We are either going to believe that he shall appear and then live accordingly, or we're just going to stop reading the Bible and uh, do what we want to do. And many churches have done that. I heard about a man who uh, had a habit of smoking cigarettes, and through reading numerous articles, he became alarmed over the strong relationship between smoking cigarettes and lung cancer. He finally confided in a friend. He said, I have been reading so many articles about smoking and lung cancer that I have decided to stop reading. <laughs> you ever meet somebody like that? Many Christians have decided to stop reading. But if you will keep reading, you're going to find you don't want to make every plan of your life based upon the temporal tendencies of this world. We want to make the plans and thoughts of our lives to be based upon the fact he's coming again. And how can I be ready? And how can I be serving him until the day that he comes? Because this is a sure promise and it is a securing promise. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14 when he said, let not your hearts be troubled. And then he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will say it again with me. I will come again. Jesus said, I will come again. We have the Lord's table at our church at least six Sunday nights a year. And every time we have the Lord's table, I read to you from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. And one of the dangers of being saved a long time is that we can say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt in our mind. And we don't let certain phrases sink down. For example, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. Say the last three words with me till he come. You see, Jesus said, I want you to partake of this wafer and this bread, and I want you to remember me over and over and over again through the centuries until I come. I wonder how many people with their, uh, with their religiosity and just taking a wafer and juice because it's kind of the thing you do before you genuflex, it's kind of a religious thing. I wonder how many people are thinking about the fact Jesus could come at any moment when they go through those traditions. And yet how much more should we as believers in Jesus Christ when we take the Lord's table be reminded that he will come again. It is a frequent promise in the Bible. Secondly, it is a factual promise. It is a factual promise. This promise that Jesus will come again. Now some get confused between the rapture and the second coming. Remember the rapture uh, is Jesus coming for his own and his church meeting him in the air. The second coming, which we'll learn about more in the upcoming weeks, deals with Christ coming down to the earth, destroying the antichrist and establishing his kingdom. 
So one is the church meeting the Lord in the air. The other is the Lord coming down to the earth. And today we're speaking about the rapture where we will meet him in the air. And the best passage for the rapture to me has always been 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So please turn in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians. Just go back just a few pages there and you'll find 1 Thessalonians and I want you to turn to chapter 4 and verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. Just to see the factual promise of the rapture. And we're going to learn six quick facts about this promise that I, that I believe are in your notes as well. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now apparently, the church at Thessalonica had asked some questions about what about those who have died before Jesus came back? And that was a fair question. And Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning those that are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe, and we're going to come back to that in a moment, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Here you have the classic passage on the subject of the rapture, and we see it mentioned in verse 17. We will be caught up together. Rapturo. We will be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. What are the facts that we learn from this passage? Number one, we learn that the Lord will come. The Bible says in verse 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. You remember what the angel said to the disciples a few weeks ago as we preached from Acts chapter 1? You remember the angel said, this same Jesus will so come again in like manner. Just as he ascended up into the clouds, he will descend physically, literally, bodily to claim his church unto himself. The Lord will come. Secondly, the fact is that we will hear his voice. The Bible says in verse 16, with the voice of the archangel, we will hear the voice calling us up to him. The voice of the archangel. Michael is one of the archangels and often was the one that would make such announcements. In Jude and verse number nine, the Bible says, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, uh, it may be that Michael makes this announcement. The voice will be heard. Thirdly, the trump of God will sound. The trump of God will sound. And I want you to notice there, as, as we look at this progression of the hearing of the shout, 1 Corinthians 15 and 52 says, at the last trump, the trumpet will sound. Now, trumpets were used often in Bible times to primarily assemble people was the purpose. And some of you that were in the military perhaps would have the sounding of the trumpet to announce a, a gathering of importance. And this trumpet will announce that we are going to gather to meet the Lord in the air. And so we see the dead, uh, the Bible says the Lord will come. And we see that uh, he we will hear his shout. And then thirdly, the dead in Christ will rise. The dead in Christ will rise. Chapter 4, verse 16 says, the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Verse 14 mentions them as those which sleep in Jesus. Now, these saints mentioned here are those that have been saved during this church age, but then have died before the time of the rapture. The relationship uh, as we have as believers now, we are in Christ. Uh, Those that have died are buried in Christ, uh, and they will receive their new body uh, at the moment of the rapture or the calling of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 describes it this way. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Always remember, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. And so we see from passage to passage, the trump will sound, the voice of the archangel will be heard, and the dead in Christ who are buried in corruption will be raised in incorruption. You say, but I thought to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And it is. And there is a soul consciousness and there, there is a presence presence with the Lord, but the incorruptible body will be received on the day of the rapture, and the dead in Christ will rise to incorruption, buried in corruptible, in corruption, raised up incorruptibly. And so the dead in Christ shall rise. Some of you heard the story about the farmer that went to the big city with his family, and, and he takes his family for the very first time. He drops his wife off in a department store there, and she's kind of shopping around, and, and uh, they're looking at this uh, amazing uh, construction everywhere. And uh, the son and the farmer went to the bank. They were going to get some money. And as they went to the bank, they, uh, they noticed that there was a set of doors that was opening and closing automatically. There was one lady that walked into the set of doors. She was a large elderly woman. She kind of hobbled into the, into the uh, elevator there. And uh, the, the farmer and his son were watching that. And after about 20 seconds, the door opened and a beautiful slender woman walked out of the door. And the farmer said, son, go get your mother. We're going to run her through that thing. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's the best illustration, but let me simply say that at the time of the rapture, all of our bodies will be changed in a moment. In In the twinkling of an eye, those that are deceased, those that were laid to rest uh, in their corruption will be raised incorruptibly. Those of us that are alive and, uh, uh, and meet the Lord in the air, we will receive our glorified body at that same moment. And so the dead in Christ will rise. Their soul and their spirit will be unified with a glorified body. Number four, the Christians that are remaining on this earth will be caught up. Now you saw that in verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain. Now be honest about it. How many of you hope to be a part of that group right there? Amen. We which are alive and remain, the Bible says, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And there's the word caught up. Uh, the Latin is rapturo. And uh, here it speaks of the rapture happening in a moment of time. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 tells us it is a moment. Uh, the Greek word atomos speaks of just, uh, just a, a brief, brief a portion of a second. It is indivisible. It cannot be divided. It happens so fast. Now remember that the second coming uh, of, of the Lord, at that time, the people on the earth will see Christ as he descends down. Re- Revelation 1-7, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also with pierced, uh, which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. However, no one on the earth is going to see 
uh, how this rapture takes place, for it will happen in such a quick second. And that is significant. And some of us wonder, how will the world leadership explain that away, right? Because we have to explain where all the Christians went, right? I have no idea. They're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Because the fact is, the church will disappear to be with the Lord Jesus Christ in glory. Number five, we will meet the Lord in the air, and we thank the Lord for that. He's not coming to the earth. He's meeting us in the clouds. And number six, the Bible says, we will ever be with the Lord. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chapel on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchapel.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchapel.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.